decided for this episode we will not be giving out any awards due to the serious subject matter of the song. If you are struggling with depression and or thoughts of suicide, don't be afraid to seek help. We will be providing the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline and other resources in the description of the episode for you. Your life is precious. We want you here and things do get better. Defenders, it's Stephanie and Sam. You're listening to McCoo, an American podcast for McFly. You know the drill by now. We talk about McFly singles, uh, one one episode at a time. And today's episode is the Ballad of Paul K. The last single from the Wonderland album. I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite a journey. <laughs> Double A side of Ultraviolet, like we mentioned last time. Uh, it was also released on December 12, 2005. Um, it was written by Tom and Danny and Dougie, who was the principal writer of the song. It's based on the band members' fathers. The video uses a blend of live action and animation in the video. And McFly have admitted watching this video now scares them. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> so what do you think of this video? Have you seen this video? Because I know there was some discussion either, I can't remember if it was on the last episode or if we just talked about it privately. You don't think you've ever seen this episode before. Nope. I've never seen this video before either. <laughs> Where am I? How did I get here? What am I supposed to be doing with this microphone? Um, no, I have not. And we did talk about it. And I was like, I don't think I've seen it. Um, but I've seen some screenshots and shots and it's pretty weird. And you were like, no, it's not that weird. And I was, and I was like, my first note is Stephanie is a liar. <laughs> it's not that weird. LOL. So you lied. But I would like to talk about the song separately from the video. Okay. Which, which one do you want to do first? Um, we can talk about the song first. I think that's usually our, um, thing we do yeah i think so i don't too. know if it's officially a thing we do but i'm pretty sure it's we talk about the song and then we talk about the video right i would like it to be a thing we do i have a lot of thoughts about the song okay um before you even get to the video thing let's start let's talk about the song the song the fast facts you just gave us i have a fast fact do you i learned one when i was also doing research usually i don't research because i let you do it <laughs> but i was looking for something else and i found this which is that this is I don't know if you said this, that it peaked at number nine. Yeah, I said that last week, so I thought I should omit it this time. But cool. Just... The, well, the fun fact I learned about that, yeah. it peaked at number nine, and it was the first McFly song to not make the top five. Well, um, there's reasons. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, folks. It is officially McFly's worst single to date, as far as this date back in 2005. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I thought that was really interesting, right? It was like, so it's the the first one ever to not make the top five. Every other single so far has, and to, in their career so far, not counting happiness because I don't know what that information is, it's one of only seven singles to never make the top five. Yeah, the rest of their singles all did. Yeah, we don't know anything about happiness right now because I'm not sure entirely when those numbers come out. Yeah. You have to decide like a week or whatever, but. This one, well, I guess you would count it as a one single, right? Um, 
Ultraviolet and Ballad of Pauke is technically yeah, one Yeah, I think single. in the charts. Yeah, yeah, it counts as one single. So, yeah, so Ultraviolet, I guess. Ultraviolet that, and Paul of Pauke. Is that cheating? He really I don't know. Two songs at the same time? Like, no, it's it's one single. Like, is that I don't cheating? understand how what double A-sides are or how chart-making <laughs> works. Chart-ranking works. But I did think it was very interesting, and I thought I would share it with you. And... Do you want to know the other seven McFly songs that have never made it to the top five? Um, I thought eventually we would get there, but yeah, you can list them now. We'd be on the lookout for them and figure out why. Right? Because right. I obviously have strong opinions of why this one didn't make it. Right. But what are the other ones? we got to talk about some of these other ones, so I'm going to say them now so we can flag them to discuss later. Out of all of McFly's singles, only seven of them have not made the top five. Do Ya was number 18. Wow. Falling in Love was number 87. So <laughs> y'all are sleeping on that song. But we're going to get to that How later. insulting for yeah. Sam. <laughs> that was very insulting for me specifically. Um, but we'll get there. Uh, and then Party Girl made it to number six. Listen. Oh, okay. Listen. It did good. It did, that's not it did eight, very well. That's no 87. <laughs> It's literally more than 80 spots higher than Falling in Love. The, Falling in Love is their worst ranked chart, like worst ranked on the chart single of all time. Nobody was feeling the love apparently back in the day. I guess not. Um, and then That's the Truth, ranked at number 35. Yeah. Love is Easy, ranked at number 10. And Love is on the Radio, also made it to number 6. Yeah, I like so we could be on the lookout for those. I will say looking at that list and then thinking about Ballad of Paul K, I don't under I understand why Ballad of Paul K didn't make it, but I don't know that I totally understand why some of these other ones didn't, right? Like they're good. Let's flag them and then when we come to them, be like, so why did this not make it? Right. Like what is it about the song that people were like, this sucks? I would right. say ranking like in the top 10 is pretty good. And there were like three of those that ranked in the top 10 at least. Right. Yes. I guess. I don't know. I'm not a music person. I'm not, I shouldn't say I'm not a music person because I love music. I'm not a music artist. So I don't know if like top 10 is like, oh, how terrible. Or if it's like, like, yeah, we did pretty good. You know what I mean? It's no uh, top five, but I guess top five is like top tier. Apparently, I don't know. Maybe that's top three. I don't. I don't understand. We need someone who knows music to be in this podcast because we are dumb and don't know anything about music. We will find that person if you are that person. <laughs> please email us. Miku the podcast at gmail dot com. You gotta finish the tag. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You gotta finish the plug. My bad. But yeah, that's what I've learned about Ballad of Paul K. So you already mentioned that it was like it's very famously written. About Dougie and Danny's dads. It's actually also written about Tom's dad, not like the leaving the family part. When they were writing it, I guess Tom's dad was going through a midlife crisis. He sprinkled some inspiration in there. Yeah, the good majority, I think, was written by Doug and Dan about their dads. So Dougie, Dougie's dad left shortly around the same time that he joined the band at 15. Yeah, like a week before he joined the band. Mm-hmm. I'm just recapping for those of you listening at home. You already know this, but if you have forgotten. If you have miraculously stumbled upon this podcast about a band you've never heard of, here's the highlights of this song. Right, well, you could be a fan and not, like, 
have memorized every single piece of information, right? I had to look up some of this. Yeah, for sure. Like, I knew it was about their dads, but, like, the details I was still fuzzy on. Right. Yeah. So, for your education and mine, Andrew at home. So, Dougie has not seen his dad since he left uh, at the start of the band when he was 15. And Danny's dad left after that. Um, He left around the time that this song was written. It was really fresh, right? He left right around the Wonderland era when Danny was 18. They were actually in New Orleans, like, working on stuff when they, like, first started figuring out something was wrong. And they did not speak for 13 years, but they had a conversation in 2017. Danny's been pretty mum on what went down, but he did admit that they spoke, and he also hinted that it did not lead to a reconciliation. So... Danny's dad is still not in his life, but they have spoke. They spoke for the first time in 13 years a few years ago, after he cried on The Voice Kids. Danny's dad or Danny? Danny. No, Danny. Right. Danny's a judge for The Voice Kids UK, which I just started watching. And there was a kid in the first season who came out and sang a song about his dad leaving, and Danny broke down and couldn't even finish. The sentence that he started right he was like i can relate to that too because when i was 18 and then he just started Aww. to cry on tv yeah i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> like watching it i couldn't but that mm, television moment i i guess inspired this like brief moment like that conversation that right. happened seven you know 13 years later so that's where these boys are coming from in this song. And I just feel like it's really important. I don't know about you, but I cannot think about this song without thinking about that. Like, yeah. my reaction to the song completely changes with this backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, if I didn't have, like, you know, I didn't have this backstory when I was younger. Like, maybe I knew that it was about their dads leaving, but I didn't really, like, think about it or, like, know as much information as I have, like, since learned. And so I was just like, yawn, boring, skip. <laughs> skip script like every time it came up but i feel differently about it now that i'm older and i think a huge part of that is the backstory so i just wanted to to share what i learned i don't think i knew the entire backstory of ballad of pocket because i will unshamelessly talk about how i do not like the wonderland era unshamelessly right like shameless unshamelessly is not a freaking word stephanie i think it's unashamedly (laughs) see unshamelessly that's not a word Fine, we knew what you meant. But shamelessly also works. Um, whatever. And also, like, to me, family is super important. And, like, I just, my heart goes out to people that don't have great relationships with their parents because it's either their parents left when they were young and never talked to them again or, like, just different situations. Like, my heart goes out to everybody. That's, like, because I'm very fortunate to have the parents that you have. And, like... I think I appreciate this song a lot more. The other one's not really. But, like, this song, like, I appreciate a lot more uh, with the backstory. As you said, like, like, kids. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I've seen, I saw this music video, like, once when we were kids. And I was like, huh, that's pretty weird. And just kept going (laughs) on my way. And not really, like, think too much about it. Or, like, not think about, the like, why they wrote this song. Because, you know, like, they were, like, 18, 17, writing a song about a middle-aged man. And, like, me, I don't know how old I was. I didn't think too much of, like, why they were writing about this man. Because to me, they, those were men, but they're not. They were children, too. Right. Yeah, I am, I'm much more interested in this, like, sort of knowing the backstory. And I, I will say, it's still not my favorite song about this subject, mm-hmm. right? Because they've, like, McFly, 
as a band and also Danny specifically has written about this exact same thing in other songs. Mm -hmm. Even from the Wonderland album, Don't Know Why is about like the affair that Danny's dad had with another woman. And then like from his solo stuff within the last year, he has a song about going home to like confront his dad shortly after his dad announced all of this stuff called Last Mistake. And so it comes up a lot in their subject matter. I will say that I don't think this is their like the best song about this subject matter, mm-hmm. but it stands out to me as being a lot more empathetic towards this kind of m- man, right? Paul K in this case, right? Yep. Don't know why is a pretty angry song. Or yep. not angry, but it's a very, you know, it's it's heartbroken and it it's, you know, and it's like it's very much from the point of view of the child, right? right. You know, no matter what you say to me, we're not the same kind of right lyrics I don't want to know her name you know last mistake is also from the perspective of like the person coming home to confront the father and feeling like really sick about it and so this is like this stands out to me because it's from this father figure's point of view it's from I mean it's it's he's going through a midlife crisis right they use he so it's not sung in like first person but it's still very much like talking about like how he's feeling and like what he's going through as a man and a father and whatever, whatever. I think that's really cool because like you just said, right, like we thought of them probably, you know, like to me, my flesh has like always kind of been grown ups. Yeah. And then when I look back at them, I'm like, what? They're so, they're fetuses. <laughs> fetuses. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> that is a word. Right? That is a word. But like, <laughs> thanks. Uh, join us after the show for our first round of Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> but... Oh, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, like like you, you, I was repeating what you had said, right? Where they've always seemed like so much older than us, even though they're only really three or four years. You know, no, no, no. They're like seven or eight years older than us. Dougie's five years older than us, and he's the youngest. Yeah, so like to us, they've just always been like grown-ups, but they're not like when they wrote this song right. at 18. Like you're not grown up at 18. And so I think it's really like, I don't know, it, it touches me in a way that this song has never touched me in the 15 years that it's been out <laughs> to think about like some 18 year old kid and some 17, 16 year old kid, kids really, right? All of them to be thinking about like what this person who hurt them so badly and like they're so disappointed in it. But then they wrote this song where they're like almost trying to like understand him. And I like that's really moving to me. You can write all these songs mm-hmm. about being like, I don't know why, you just let it pass by, da da da, we're not the same, right? And those songs are really important too because you're processing your pain. But right. to actually write a song from the point of view of this person who has hurt you and try to understand what they're going through is really, really moving to me. Mm-hmm. So I hated this song two weeks ago, but now, right, like having sat with it in preparation for this podcast and like thinking about it in in this whole like context of of everything i'm really um i don't know i feel really moved by it i have a little soft spot for it now i guess or i guess i have a so- i just have a soft spot for them as writers and artists it's still not the song yeah. i went on at a party <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine putting this on at a party like okay guys we're gonna jam out <laughs> like ballad of paul k and he's I'm drinking like, cold corona and i'm like yeah <laughs> he's like he's getting older <laughs> apparently putting a song on at a party is my only criteria for a good song what that doesn't make any sense but yeah but really 
developing as artists here, which is very exciting. They are. So, like, a lot of people describe when I was, like, looking at articles and stuff to prepare. Because I like to go back and, like, read people were writing about when these singles came out about McFly. And, like, articles, like, sat with them and, like, talked about the music that they were releasing at the time. Like, and a lot of people were describing the song as the music as, like, cheery, sad lyric, which um, is a very popular thing to do with songs. I don't know. Do you know Hey Ya by Outkast? Actually, I do know that one. Hey, yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah that one. Um, I'm really surprised you actually know that Me song. Too. But, <laughs> I can't um, believe I know that song. <laughs> that song is actually about like his girlfriend leaving him. You would never guess because the song is just so like poppy and cheery. And like when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, hey, yeah. But like if you really listen to the lyrics, it's about a woman leaving him. Yeah, I mean, um, I get that. So would you describe this music as, like, cheery with sad lyrics? No. No? No. That's why I think I was like, it's not one that I want on at a party, right? I love a bop, right? I love a tune. And it almost doesn't matter to me if the lyrics don't make no sense, as long as it's fun to sing. Yeah. But this one's not, like, I wouldn't put it on and be like, but just based on melody alone. I mean, I guess it's faster than some of their other slow songs, but I wouldn't call it, like, a dancing tune. Uh, you heard was Sam's uh, mouth sounds as she dances, apparently. <laughs> well, no, I can see you waving your arms in the air. I can hear it's your noises. So I just had to give them a description. I actually, like, I think this is a fun song to sing along to, especially the second verse on, because, like, Tom's like, he's been a drunk all his life. Yeah. Two kids are talking. That part is, like, yeah! that part is fun to sing. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely jam to it if it came on. Don't get me wrong. Um, for sure. So, I mean, you know, like, it's definitely not as slow as, like, some of their other really slow songs, right? Like, Too Close for Comfort, which is fun to sing, actually. So I get it. There's some lyrical, musical dissonance happening here. Yeah. But you wouldn't describe it as, like, cheery music, sad lyrics? Not exactly. I mean, the music isn't super cheery to me. I guess it's like it's it doesn't I think what I think what they meant by it is the music doesn't match what they're singing right. about. The subject matter is pretty sad. Yeah. But then this, the music's like, yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like I really like that niche kind of music where it's like cheery music with sad lyrics. Okay. But I like it. You like it. You like some you like it. It's fine. Good. So you like this one. I do. I like this Did one. Did you have you always liked this one, even when you were little? No. Great. Tell us about that. Because I've always tried to avoid the Wonderland era <laughs> <laughs> as much as humanly possible. Stephanie hates this album. <laughs> Stay tuned for our episode next week where she tells us why. I just I think of the music I used to listen to when I was a kid, like around 2005, right? It was I have no excuse not to like this album. Because who I listened to in 2005 was like Good Charlotte and Simple Plan and all those kinds of bands, right? But I would also listen to like Eminem and Akon and Going to Be 50 Cent. I just, <laughs> I have no excuse of not liking this era. I think it was just because like when I was a kid, get, first getting into McFly, I didn't understand the themes right. of this album. Right. And I think that was, that's mainly the thing. I didn't understand the themes. They were too heavy. Right. For my little heart to understand. So I was like, ah, this sucks. This is it a star girl. Exactly, star girl. <laughs> a classic. Yeah, it sounds like we've been on a similar journey with this song, right? 
Like, both of us as kids were like, <laughs> no. Um, but then, like, as we get older, we're like, oh, my heart. Like, I can so, you know, like, I feel the empathy here and I connect with it differently. Right. Yeah, that's a lot like the journey that I had. And that's why I'm kind of glad we're going, we're doing this, right? We're going back and, like, listening to all these singles, listening to these old albums that we probably haven't heard, like, we've talked about, we haven't heard, like, years. Right. And so now we have a more grown-up perspective of these songs. Right. And I think that's interesting, especially going back and, like, not going back. I can't travel in time. But, like, thinking back to how I felt about them as a kid to now and how that's changed. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about like re, yeah like revisiting, especially when we revisit and learn something new, right? Or like change the right. way we feel about it, right? It's not just confirming like these songs we've always loved, we love, and these songs that we always hated, right. we hated, right? So it's very exciting. Even articulating why is very exciting. I'm having a great time. Glad to be here. I hope you guys are having a great time too. If you are, please contact <laughs> us at our Twitter at Miku the Podcast. <laughs> She's really going for these those plugs. This. <laughs> this week before we get to the video would you like to tell our friends at home uh about what you learned about paul k oh my gosh so i texted sam and like i have like conspiracy theories not really i have like questions written down in my journal of notes of the song and i was like who is paul k who is the k family what does this mean right like completely like pepe mean like conspiracy theory right so Sam's like, I think they mentioned it in their their autobiography. And I was like, oh, man, I don't remember that. So I tried looking, but then she sent me the screenshot. Paul K <laughs> was this Greek kid that went to school with Dougie. And he was just like a really weird kid, apparently. his um, He didn't talk to anybody. Like, Dougie made sure to say, like, I'm quiet, but this kid just didn't talk. But he apparently, like, grew out his nails really long. And every time he, like someone like talk to him or something he would like chirp or like growl or something in the face. I don't know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he's like we named it after him i don't know why they were like yeah that's a good idea doug so rude <laughs> i would just die if i had the initial k and my name was paul and i would just go with dougie and then the song came out Ugh. conclusion don't be friends with mcfly they'll write songs about you guess they weren't friends. Well, you write people about your stories, so. It's true. Don't be friends with me either. I'll write stories about you. <laughs> like, they weren't even friends, though. You just knew him. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, the moral of a story is never to know anybody. Stay in your house. Right. Quarantine's a thing. <laughs> right. Stay in your house. Be safe. Don't get written about. I wonder I wonder what Paul's up to these days. I wonder if he started, I wonder if he started talking. <laughs> Cut his nails. Join society. Is this cyberbullying? I feel bad. Maybe we should move on. I hope you're doing really well, Paul. I hope all your dreams came true. Yes. I hope you are happy and have everything in life you ever wanted. I hope when you meet a beautiful person at the bar, you can go up to them and you can say, hey, you know that McFly? They wrote a song about me one time. (laughs) And I hope it gets you laid. (laughs) Or they named a song after me one time, I should say. They didn't actually write the song about him, right? Because we've already reviewed that. Oh my gosh, what if... if Paul turned out to be actually Paul Kay in this song. How sad would that be? Oh, it would be sad. He's not. All his dreams came true. All his dreams came true. Good thoughts. Happy thoughts. Okay. Should we move on to the video? Yeah, let's talk about this not that weird video, Stephanie the Liar. Um, I'm pre- I don't think it's that weird of a video. Why do you think it's weird? Um, I mean, I don't think it's weird in like a bad way, but it definitely stands out, right? It's an unusual right. 
uh, way to film, right? This like live action slash stop motion animation, real Tim Burton vibes yeah. here, right? Which I am super into. I love right. real Tim Burton films. So I like it, but it's it's definitely unusual, right? In the way that Tim Burton's animation style is unusual. Right. But yeah, like it's not weird in the sense where I'm like, what? I'm not scared of it. I don't know why McFly said that. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're still scared of it, but apparently in that one interview, they said they weren't. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like it. Like they're all so ugly and they're little, little ugly skeleton masks. I liked the masks. Not because I was like, ew, look how cute they are. Like I'm not that into skeleton. But I liked the masks because it gave like an anomaly to it. Like this could be anyone anonymity <laughs> words <laughs> words are hard uh, yeah because i don't know how to speak english either so this will be my last miku podcast because <laughs> i apparently can't speak english i'm gonna become pauke and just scratch people in the faces <laughs> stop it we're not cyberbullying pauke anymore we've already wished goodness for him out into the universe yeah so it gives them anonymity anonymity, Ana- anonymity. yeah you got it anonymity also can't say a few other words in English, but fine. I get it. Oh no, I was just gonna re-say everything I just said, but with the correct word. But whatever. Oh, I'll keep it go in. For it. I don't care. No, I don't care. I'll keep it in. I can't talk. You guys can't talk either. It's fine. That's why we all text on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could have said it however you want and they'd be like, Oh, that's just their weird American accent, probably. <laughs> but I wanna talk about this anonymity that you're talking about because Harry's pretty easy to spot. Because he plays right. the drums, and also because he's a beautiful man, even with a weird mask on. Don't think I didn't notice that chin, Judd, I did. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, who is who? How can you tell? Oh, it's their hair. I couldn't tell, even with their hair. Because, like, Tom's got it dark now, and... Yeah, no, I could tell with their hair. So, the two people sitting on the bench, the one that's, like, um, singing first is Tom. And then next to him's Doug. And then... And he's the one that's standing up near the house. And he's the one that actually, the, the, not the water bottle, the wine bottle gets thrown at. I did think that was Danny. I was like, oh, the wine bottle shatters at Danny's feet. Um, and then I was like, I think it's Danny. And then who delivers the mail? Uh, that's Harry. See, totally didn't know that. So there, there's my theory about how Harry Judd is beautiful even with a mask on. I think part of it is that YouTube's quality sucks ass. Right. Next time when we watch these videos, you should look them up on Vimo. Maybe I should start watching on Vimo too, because um, I watched it on YouTube and like I could not tell them apart. Like Tom's hair is dark and like, you know, in theory, at this point in their lives, Danny's hair doesn't look like Harry's hair, right? Like <laughs> Harry, Danny's still wearing it over his eyeballs, but yeah. uh, but in this video, I really couldn't. Like also, I mean, they're only on, they're only there for a few seconds, right? They don't like, right. like if it was like a picture and I could stare at it as long as I wanted I could be like that's Harry that's you know but with just these like quick flashes of of a camera angle I couldn't tell them apart so they were in disguise oh we're degrading fast team sorry I won't use big words anymore okay I'll just stick to my simple ones you're great you're perfect. Also, you, we haven't mentioned it because it's so obvious, but take this moment, you specifically, Stephanie, to celebrate that it's a proper music video. I know. I was. I think that's why I was kind of like, I love this one. <laughs> You're, right. Like we've been we've been in performance video land since I'll be okay. Yeah. 
Uh. Yeah, I loved it. Compared to the four or five music videos that they have produced with this album, my favorite music video might be Ballad of Pocket. Really? (laughs) Yes. Really? Might be my favorite music video. Just because, like, it's not performative. And... It, like, tells the story, which is great. Right. And I just, I like the animation a lot. I like how his house interacts, like, the main character, Paul. I like how Paul's house interacts with him when he's, like, gets out of bed. And, like, his wallpaper's crumbling. And, like, the pictures he passed by are, like, ugh. So, like, they get so depressed. And I just, I just like the animation a lot. But I'm also, like, really into, like, animation anyway. I love some gorgeous animation. It's very good. Um, I like it a lot, too. I think I think my favorite might be I'll Be Okay, but I think this one's more sophisticated, and there's, like, yeah. more to unpack in it. Yeah. Like, you mentioned the pictures already, right? And there's, we mentioned the mail and the wine bottle and the dog statue that moves. Frankie! Yeah. Dear Frankie! <laughs> was 19, I wrote these dates down. Frankie's date says 1988 to 2005, which is 17 years. Wow. And I don't know what that 1988 is. Maybe it was Paul K's dog. What do you mean? He had a dog, two kids, a dog, and a wife. I don't know what those dates are either. Maybe it's like an actual dog one of them had. Right. I'm trying to, like, I don't know any of their family pets besides Dougie's mom's dogs. Right. I follow her on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know the significance of the name Frankie. I also don't know the significance of the year 1988 unless it was like, I was wondering if it was like a, uh, I mean, a dog could make it 17 years, but that's a long time. Am I even doing my math right? I thought his statue said 1985, so. Yeah. Okay. I am doing my math right. So it's 17 years. I mean, it could have said 1985, I guess. The point is the same, right? It's a very long time for a dog to be alive if it was about, if it's supposed to be like, here lies our dead dog Frankie in this memorialized statue. Here's his gravestone. Um, I wondered if maybe it was an anniversary of some kind. Like if it's about like a, you know, like 2005 is the year that Danny's dad left or. Well, 2005 uh, was the year that the video was uh, produced. Right. The song came out. But it was like 1988, like. I thought they just put 2005 just because that was the year the song. But why 1988 and or 1985? <gasps> Ooh, what if it, I don't know if this is true. Here's my theory. What if that's the years Danny's parents were married? Isn't that what I just said? Is it? Yeah, I was like, I don't know if it's like an anniversary. Yeah, you're like, I don't know if it's an anniversary. You didn't say like, oh my god, it's probably the longevity of the Joneses family's parents. <laughs> that's what I meant by saying anniversary, right? It's like, where, did they get married or did they get together in 88 or whatever? I don't know. I have to look it up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the significance, if there's any significance to the years, um, because it kind of makes me sad that you're saying 17 is a long time for a dog to be alive, because mine's nearing on 38 years. <laughs> I know, it's very sad, but it's still scientifically true. The point is, is that the dog is judgy. That's where I was trying to get here with this okay. dog. He's judging Paul. Walks down the stairs, right, and the dog's just, like, giving him the side eye. And I was like, this dog is judgy as hell, right? Like... You know you've messed up. Not my dog. My dog thinks I'm amazing, right? Like yeah, because you haven't left your wife and two kids yet. So yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Because you know I haven't done anything to make my dog be like, how dare you, right? Because the whole thing about dogs is rather like, oh, we love you no matter what. So you know you have messed up when even the dog judges you, right? That's what I got out of that. I was like, "Mm, Frankie hates you, and if Frankie hates you, you really, really done messed up, dude. That's how I decide if I like people or not, right? I just, I think that's the main reason I bring my dog to parties. 
I'm like, hey, Bailey, who do you like here? And then we'll become friends with them. Right. Because dogs have a great judge of character. Right. I trust no one who doesn't like dogs, and I don't trust anyone my dog doesn't like. That's fair. That's fair. So we, this whole video is like, don't trust Paul K. Frankie's like, mm mm. Frankie K's like, no way. <laughs> Frankie K. <laughs> Frankie K. <laughs> uh. I, like, so overall, I think the video is a very unique video. It's like really different from what they have been doing. Um, and I think that's just because it's an animation. And lots of fun little tidbits, right? I Like, it's not a funny video, but I did laugh in the beginning when Paul K puts his pants on. He looks in the mirror, and then the buttons burst on his pants and his belt. And, like, that made me laugh a little bit because I was like, okay, these, like, 17-year-old, like, railroad thin boys are like, what's the worst thing that could happen to us? And they're like, we know. We're old and fat now. And I was like, that is definitely not the worst thing that's going to happen to you when you get older. Like, um, your metabolism will slow down, okay? It happens to everyone. Bodies are beautiful. Like... But, like, so that did make me laugh, right? Because they're like, oh, no, we're middle-aged now. <laughs> but, like, there's, like, lots of little fun moments like that. Or, like, not all, not all the little moments were fun, but they were cool to notice, right? Like, yeah. um, you brought up the picture frames, like, tilting as he walked by. Right? And then at the end, when the family disappears from the photograph... That really gets me. Yeah, oh my god, it broke it broke me. Not broke me, but like it just made me feel so many things. I literally wrote, I feel kind of sad for this man. Because like listening to the like if you heard the backstory of the song, right? It's about these boys' dad leaving their family. Like that's the inspiration for writing it. You go into this video like, oh, this man, right? Like how dare he leave his family? But no, you feel things for Paul K watching this video yeah it was like sort of his fault for not trying anymore and like just drinking all the time and not doing anything you do take you have to take responsibility but also like i don't know i forgot my point that i was trying to that you that you come around to feeling sort of sad for him right feeling sorry for him yeah because like to me there's like themes of like depression definitely yeah, in here absolutely. i feel yeah the moment that really made me feel feel strongly for him, besides the moment at the very end where the pictures, like the family disappears from the picture, which I think is beautiful. I just chef kissed. I don't know if the <laughs> microphone would hear that. Was the moment where he's uh, scrolling through the TV and like every mm -hmm. channel is the McFly boys singing, right? And, um, mm -hmm. and he's like, ugh, and he changes the channel. He's like, ugh, and he changes the channel. And it's just like, it's one of them or a couple of them or all of them together, right? And like, it's the same boys, the same song. And I thought, that really got to me in the sense where it's like, he can't bear to look, right? Like, he, like, can't bear to listen. He can't bear to look. He doesn't want to watch this. But no matter what he does, like, it's always on every channel. Like, he can't really escape it. And, like, I yeah. really, I thought that was a really cool moment. And I, like, yeah, I did start feeling bad for him. Because, like, what really, like, was gut-wrenching to me was the family disappearing. But I think I felt bad for him when, um, I'm trying to decide, like, maybe, like, when Harry, like, just stuffed, like, stuffed the mail through the mail slot. And he's like, oh more bills like and it's like i feel like he, he's lived this day over and over again like it's like he does the same thing over and over again every day and that goes with the theme of depression because when you're capital d depressed like you just do this you just go through the motion you do the same thing every day sometimes you don't even get out of bed and i think that really struck a chord with me too and i think that's where i was like feeling super because i felt that i felt that right. before uh, what moment I didn't really understand was towards the end, like when he 
when his TV like went out and he went upstairs to like I guess in the attic to go fix it. I don't know what he was doing. But then the lightning strike hit the antenna and then the wire monster came out and then he fell from the attic to the first floor. Yes. Where it's like on it was like towards like the end. Yeah. Like at like two fifty. Yeah, I wrote about that. Like I was like, Oh, his house is on fire now Um and then I was like okay uh i feel like it's i feel like it's symbolism for something i just don't know what that symbolism would be like him going up the ladder and those curtains like grabbing him and he's like trying to swat him away i felt that was like just like the struggle of just keeping going when like things are just trying to drag you down but i just did not get the symbolism of the wire monster yeah i mean i didn't really get it either i was like I was like, oh, there's a monster, and then the house is on fire, you know, like, and then, yeah. you know, like, the only thing I could think about then was, like, I was like, he doesn't die, um, and he just, like, goes back downstairs to go to bed, right? I'm like, isn't your house still up there? So I got sort of caught up in the logistics there, but, I mean, I think you're right. You're onto <laughs> something where it's just, like, the curtains are attacking and tangling up in him, and, I mean, like, everything in this house is designed against him. Right, like everything in this house isn't working. It's designed to make his life harder. His dog is super judgy. His TV won't change the channel. Um, you know, like his curtains come alive. It catches on fire. There's a wire monster. Right, so I don't know that I read it more yeah. than just like, just yet another thing. Right, like to show that this house is like sort of an alive-ish being in this world, mm-hmm. and they're like, and it's not on his side. Right. Like, time's yeah. not even on his side, right? That's the lyric. You know, not, you know, like, time's not on his side, the house isn't on his side, the dog's not on his side, like, you know. So yeah. Just, no one's in Paul K's corner. No one's in Paul K's corner. He doesn't, like, he doesn't, like, what's, you mentioned earlier, like, he goes downstairs and goes back to bed after this monster. He doesn't just go downstairs. He, he literally falls. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know what the wire monster means. Right. But, like, every time, like, I see him fall... Like, he lands on his feet and falls down. I'm like, man, how are his legs not broke? Right. Like, how are you alive? That's probably what he's wondering, too. How am I alive? I know. He's a, he's a sad dude. Yeah. I never, like, in a million years, when I first heard this song or saw this video, I never thought I would ever feel bad for this man. Never. Right. But here I am. Like, oh. I mean, a little bit of me is, like, feels sorry for him. I'm interested in the song for its empathy primarily, but a little bit of me is also like all capital letters, like "Don't you regret leaving your family now, Paul? Don't you? <laughs> the shame, <laughs> right?" So like a little bit, I'm like, "Yeah, you suck." <laughs> a little bit, I'm an internet troll. <laughs> exactly. Like, like exclamation point, exclamation point, one, one, one. <laughs> you suck, and it's just the capital U and then S U K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like I get it. Like I'm like I I'm sitting here like I feel so bad for him because his house is falling apart. Like knowing the backstory and the inspiration for it, I'm just like, yeah. Screw you. <laughs> it was really hard not to curse right there. <laughs> yeah, screw you. But like the song doesn't really mention anything about that. Like the song if we're just looking at the song itself, it's a very sad song about a very sad man. Right. But like he was too much of a drunk, and his family left him because all he did was drink and get new kitchen floors. Yeah. He's had a tough time in this video, but it's a beautiful video. Mm-hmm. It is 
right? Like, we've talked about this on all the other singles, right? Like, we're like, McFly's trying to be more mature. And then they were like, what if this lady was covered in silver slime? <laughs> Maturity, right? <laughs> That's how you, you know, know you're mature like, if you're, you cover yourself uh, in silver slime. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the moment where I first believe it. Yeah. Right? Like, I first believe that they are... Growing up? Yeah, growing up and also, like, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll be okay has, like, a pretty heartfelt earnest message right about holding yeah. on even when you're sad so like that's not necessarily immature um but like this is the first one like tom's like this is the first time we tried to write a serious song about life right <laughs> and um that's how that's how tom sounds by the way and uh <laughs> and, perfect spot on tom impression right. i time now yeah so they yeah but i see it here i believe it here it's a, the whole video is like a mood, right? Right. <laughs> the whole thing. Anything he does, I'm like, mood. Mood. <laughs> yeah. And they also, I also noticed, I guess it's sunrise in this video, because he's like waking up. Mm-hmm. And then it, but like the whole sky pretty much stays orange like the whole time, and then kind of becomes sunset at the end of the video. And like, that also put me in mind of, uh, I'll be okay, right? Which takes place at like sunset time with the sky. I'm like, they love their, like, twilight time here, right? Like, twilight? Like, no. Twilight is mature. <laughs> I feel like every, I feel like every video idea they have, they're just like, oh, this is mature. <laughs> like, it's so grown up. Yeah, they're like, no daytime, only darkness. <laughs> That's what into, grown ups do. They turn into freaking Batman. <laughs> They even have the mask, like, <laughs> <laughs> the pointy nose. That, also, that reminds me, of, like, they kind of look like plague masks, right? Yeah. So, I was like, oh, look, McFly's here to, like, tell you, like, don't forget your, your mask. Like, they're out here, like, safe from coronavirus. <laughs> and Paul drinks cold corona. I figured it out, you guys. I've unlocked the meaning of this song. They, kn- they knew before we did. Before right, they even nice. knew themselves, they, like, had a prophecy. They knew that this was coming in 2020. Cold corona. If I have to go wear their masks outside. In the dark. Because <laughs> when else do you wear masks? At twilight? <laughs> right. Twilight. <laughs> so overall, uh, what do you think of this song? I liked it more than I thought I would. Like, I came around to it. I was really excited to talk about it. I think it's one of... I think this, like, conversation that we've had about it has been one of the best ones from this season so far, and and I'm surprised. It's the dark horse of the Wonderland <laughs> singles. Like, if you had asked me during All About You, I'd have been like, okay, it only goes downhill from here, you guys. <laughs> but it didn't! Um, like, I, I'm, I'm very, very surprised by my reaction, but I feel feel very fondly about it i i retweet i really like the song a lot which is really surprising because of my feelings towards uh wonderland wonderland Jesus. <laughs> where are we what year is it what am i doing in this podcast <laughs> who's mcfly <laughs> uh yeah but i really liked it a lot um obviously uh she's out of my league i think overall it was probably like I said before, probably my favoriteest video out of the Wonderland era. 
Yeah, it's very good. Very good. Very sophisticated. Proud of them. Very sophisticated. Very, very like artistically, like interesting, right? Like it's like yeah. there's something to unpack here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great job, boys. Any last final thought? I just want to point out, make a quick little note, uh, that Paul K keeps his wine under the cushion of his recliner. Why not? <laughs> Is that not where you keep yours? <laughs> no, that's exactly where I keep mine. What? Okay. That, that's not weird, right? Twinnings. I, I learned how to do that because of McFly. McFly taught me to keep my wine under my cushion and take my socks off during yeah. sex. It's so funny that he eats it under his cushions because there's literally a kitchen. <laughs> the next room. But he just sits down, he just pulls it out, and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. The, that's the wine from last night. He didn't finish. I get it. Get it? If you have any opinions, thoughts, or concerns, questions, whatever, you can reach us at our Twitter, at Podcast. You can reach us at our Instagram, at Podcast, and our Facebook, at Podcast. We want to hear from you. Please be our friend. Also, if you could leave us a review on uh, your famous streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, whatever you're listening to this on. Leave us a review, five stars. Any less stars, please don't leave one. Just kidding, please. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> if you want to follow us personally on Twitter as well, I am located at Steph to do Steph underscore T-O-D-O. And I'm at Sam underscore Edmonds 122. Tune in next time for our Wonderland album recap. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. What a sad. <laughs> oh, we can't say that on the podcast. That's what he is, though. I don't know what a sad man. Man. Okay, we say it. What a sad man. No, that's not the same. What a sad piece of shit. <laughs> that seems meaner than... It does. <laughs> <laughs>